1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. It's, it's a value thing to me, and I think they value their time and experience more.
2: Oh, everything's horrible. Malls are going away.
0: There's no work-life balance. There's life balance that however the hell you want to but it's not our responsibility as an employer to balance your life for you
3: the building
1: industry has long been reluctant to change when things are going well developers and builders have had no incentive to rock the boat but now Post recession, a shift in society and culture has ushered in a tidal wave of change in the industry and there's no going back. Welcome to Spaces, where we explore and analyze how the building industry is evolving from design and construction to management and economics. Join hosts Jason, Ali, and Demetrius as they discuss the evolution of your spaces. Hello, I'm Demetrius, and I'm here with Jason and Ellie, and this is Spaces. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about millennials. Uh, but before we jump into that, guys, uh, catch up a little bit. How you been? How have the last two weeks weekend been?
2: So uh, you know, I found out yesterday was talking to my husband, and he was cleaning the kitchen, and he was listening to, oh gosh, Alice Cooper. No. Something similar. <laughs> and I was like, where's that music coming from? Turns out, since I travel a lot, he plugged in our Google Home. And oh, keeps it plugged in the no. whole time and never told me. They're watching you. They're watching me. And I saw, Demetrius, you have one in your <laughs> yeah. in the other room as well. Actually, Apparently, I
0: noticed that you don't even have that little thing covering your camera on your
2: phone now. There's no, I you know, I got to take selfies. Wow. Good transition. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't have any selfies on my phone. Oh. I have cat selfies. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> so now Big Brother's watching you?
2: Exactly. And I tried everything to stop it. Nice. Uh, yeah. And besides that, we had a, a baby come visit. My friend from Ohio came with a three-month-old.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were going to start talking about pets again or something like that. No, so real, real baby. baby. Real baby. Cool. So, How'd you like holding the baby?
2: I am... Um... <laughs> you, you didn't? <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. You like, freaking hold them.
0: What do you expect them to do? It's not
2: no, a like, Most people say support the neck. And so I said to the mom, do I need to support the neck? And she's like, no, she has a really strong neck. So wow. I, I supported the neck the whole time, but she just, just kept giving me these weird looks. So. I think I'm understanding why you like cats right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was quite eventful, but we needed a, a weekend to recover from that. So. Oh, that's
1: hilarious.
2: <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, (laughs) Jason.
0: Yeah, uh, for two weeks, shoot, um, a whole lot of the same and then a whole lot of of the same. We've got a lot of projects in the company that we're working on right now and uh, a lot of the, the builders that we work with have so many products coming out, you know, projects and homes and both the cabinet and flooring side that we're dealing with. So our teams are running pretty quick, pretty fast. Um, and then family life is a hundred miles an hour as well. So, um, I did have a rather unfortunate situation this weekend I oh, really? might go off on a tangent. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fat kid at heart. Um, <laughs> I may go to the gym a lot, but I like my sweets and that's probably the reason why my wife and I joke that we go to the gym. This is why we work out. To offset. Yeah. So one of the things that we like to do, and we haven't been able to do it in a while because youth hockey plays on Sundays. So what we normally do is we go to, we walk Balboa and there's a uh, bakery called Blue Chair Bakery, which has got the best cinnamon rolls like ever, right? And so we would walk Balboa, we'd get our cinnamon rolls and we'd go to church and then go do our normal family stuff. So we hadn't been able to go in like weeks because we've had so many games and whatever. Yeah. And so we had a buy this weekend. First thing I'm talking about when I found out we had a buy I'm like, we need to go do our walk. My wife's like, you just want to sit in and roll. I'm like, hell yeah, I do. (laughs) So, so we did the full walk out there. I was all excited. I mean, like, I'm telling you, like I started thinking about it when I woke up that morning. Salivating. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like full on and uh so we do our walk we get there we're so excited and all of a sudden the damn place is closed oh and it's closed for like another two weeks i'm like full oh. on about to riot like i understand <laughs> what some of these guys do when their team didn't win the championship and they just start tipping cars just i was ready to go for it to <laughs> tip, oh, tip cars God. oh <laughs> pissed man like you don't understand like i was so ticked off oh. and um so anyway so we ended up settling for just a, a you know cinnamon roll donut um the kids got hippo cookies if anybody knows hippo cookies no those are in balboa i can't remember the places they're like famous
2: shaped like a hippo yeah
0: we'll have to put something they're hippo like they're the best like honestly the best so the kids were cool I was pissed. Like and my wife was bummed too. Cause she usually gets one, but she won't eat donuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at this point I was just hungry. So yeah. I was like, I gotta eat something. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was, it was a little traumatic. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> that's first world problems. But truth, yeah.
0: truth be told, if you're in Southern California, blue chair bakery, it's, it's a gal that owns it. The bakery itself is probably no bigger than like a, a 10 by 10 space, Tiny. but the, the goods, I, I can't, explain the rest of them because I'll eat her the cinnamon rolls. But um, they're amazing. Oh, wow. Like full-on amazing to where I literally have like a budgeted line item in my monthly expenditures for cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, so that was it. Uh, sports, son did state cup for soccer. We advanced and they ended up losing. We got shellacked. The rest of it's kind of just normal stuff, I think. What about you? Big news for me.
1: Uh, I am now self-employed. Yay. Um, so has been a, a week now. That I've gone out on my own, and uh, it's been interesting trying to, you know, adjust to, to not having to answer to someone and, you know, making your own rules. You're married, aren't And you're married, aren't you? <laughs> oh. You're still answering to someone.
2: Some eye-rolling going on over here.
1: <coughs> I'm just not even going to acknowledge. It. <laughs> Love you, honey. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's been interesting adjusting to that and, you know, trying to get everything set up. But the cool thing in regards to the show is listeners can actually tune in now and and see more progress and how the company is developing or crashing and burning. So uh, as a listener, tune in every episode, see how I'm doing.
2: Are you doing normal sleeping hours? You're kind uh, of keeping to like working?
3: Yeah.
1: Yes, for the most part. And that's mostly because of our dog talked about a little bit last week, but he's on meds. So I have to get up at 6 a.m. Um, so I did bump my schedule back a little bit, like an hour. So now I get up at 6 to give him his pill, and then he has to have a pill at 2, and then a pill at 7.30, and another one at 10. So oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So just dealing with that. but um, Dude, kids are way easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been fun. So, you know, kind of just got bit by the entrepreneur bug and uh, the thing that really kind of pushed me out. Finally, it was just, you know, I've mentioned that I've been in the, the housing uh, industry of architecture and uh, dealing with clients there has just been a, we talked about a little bit. The, the industry is just traditional and, you know, trying to push it along. And um, the fact that there's so much money at play in, in our industry, the relationships can get real testy sometimes. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I just felt like there's a better way to do this. But, you know, managing the schedule of work, you don't really have the time to figure out a, a solution that to, to change something that drastic. So I just felt like I needed to take a step back a little bit and, you know, give myself time to to really, if I want to get back into the development housing, uh, really figure out a way to make it work and make it more efficient and so we're we're all, happy with the experience and can work together and then at the same time i can pursue work some other work that i really want to try and get my foot in and and uh you know explore see what i can do do the podcast continue my writing so all that stuff good for you man takes yes. a lot
0: of uh well the word i'm thinking of i can't say yeah <laughs> but uh we're trying to keep it pg i gotta go back and yeah. gotta go back and bleep you out a little bit earlier. yeah you're, i think i threw one out there earlier too you're Sorry a little loose that. today you, when you start freaking messing with my cinnamon rolls man it's a problem
1: <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and jump into it today but first Updates with Allie.
2: All right. All right. Third time's not a charm. I was hoping it was. So, uh, market updates this time. You know, there's been a lot of interesting things going on. The jobs report for January came out uh, at the end of, I guess, the end of last week. And it was fascinating because the the biggest news was that the wage growth showed 2.9% year over year change, which was the highest since 2009. And you hear that and you're like, well, fantastic. We've been waiting for wage growth for so long. Problem being, wage growth often leads inflation. Inflation is something that has been low, you know, sub 2% or hovering right around 2%. And all of a sudden that's starting to pick up steam. Well, it hasn't shown up yet. Excuse me. Someone's yawning during the market update. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'll keep this short. (laughs) I will just finish that. There is fear that the Fed will need to raise rates quicker than they have anticipated, which is likely to be three this year. The new Fed chairman was sworn in this morning, Jerome Powell, replacing Janet Yellen, which oh, it makes me so sad. I love Janet Yellen. I loved having a, a strong female economist to, arguably maybe the second most powerful woman in the world, leave the helm. But... Um, but it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, the markets have not reacted very well to it. The stock market had its largest single day drop ever. Yeah, so uh,
1: we're recording this on February 5th, Monday. Yes. Um, yeah, and it completely tanked today.
2: Yep. And so the hope is it's just a blip and, you know, there's debt bound to be a little bit of a correction. It was the longest bull market, I don't know if in history or for a really long time. And so it's something that I'm not that surprised about. Let's just hope that it reverses course
0: who's the single most powerful woman in the world angela merkel say it again
2: angela merkel
0: (laughs) yeah i have no idea oh Oh my gosh
2: (laughs) all right you know what can we just get off this segment this hurts my inner core (laughs) oh my god german chancellor
0: yeah i'm totally okay not knowing uh, the
2: worst. D- I listened to the radio once. This would be something you would do. She was Time's most powerful woman like two years ago, and the radio guy was like, "And the most powerful woman is Angela Merkel." I Which
0: wouldn't I- even be there with the interview or the discussion about it. That would not be me.
2: <laughs> All right. Well. Oh my God. Can we move on? Because this That's I'm getting hilarious. hot and just for everybody to and... Ali's like super pissed right now. <laughs> <laughs> my face is getting red. <laughs> All right. Uh, before Whew.
1: we jump out on the market updates, I wanted to drop one quick thing in from the architecture perspective, which is kind of crazy that uh, reports have come out recently that I uh, believe it's 26 states. So you know we have to get our license for no um, in whatever state that you practice in. So you have to have your your architecture license. Uh, 26 states have now. Um, I believe either talked about or are reducing requirements to get your license down to the bare minimum. And somewhere between five and seven states are actually considering completely removing the requirement to have a license. Wow. Uh, so the AIA, which is the American Institute of Architects, they have you know issued a, a letter basically strongly supporting um, or coming out against uh, this kind of train of thought. Um, so it's it's a huge huge news and specific to architecture it's kind of crazy because architects are basically um, our main essential purpose is to to protect the life and safety and wellness of people that occupy spaces we we you know are in a building 90 percent of our time so it's critical that you have people that are trained to produce spaces that are um, you know high quality and and you know not gonna create situations where you're getting mold or fire you know so um yeah it's it's just uh disappointing news to hear and hopefully people kind of come to their senses and and turn back on that but it's it's kind of crazy to hear
2: have you read the argument for why they for would it, change I, it? I haven't
1: been able to locate uh what the argument is yeah i can't even fathom what what the, the argument would be yeah, um, on that side. So, um, but I'll keep following that. And, you know, if there's any uh, updates on that, well, I'm sure we'll discuss it again. But um, if you guys don't have anything else, let's uh, go ahead and jump into the discussion today for on millennials. And uh, I'll go ahead and define millennials for those that don't know. Uh, millennials, also known as Generation Y, uh, it's the gem- generational demographic uh, that follows Generation X and right before Generation Z, and we've been chopped up. Uh, I say we, because all of us in the room fall under that category of Millennials. We've been kind of chopped up as called Zennials, hmm. I've heard, and I'm trying to coin the phrase of Millennials that ends with a Z. Millennials. let <laughs> will <right. laughs> we'll see what you did there. Yeah. Right. Uh, on the on the front end and on the tail end of that. So um, there's. I don't know if you've heard of a precise dates, uh, Allie, but from what I've seen, there's kind of discrepancy or different opinions on what the exact dates of millennials are, the cutoffs. Yeah, it's but typically it's...
2: argued 1980 to 2000. Yeah. So putting them between 17-year-old in high school and a 37-year-old doctor who's gone through residency and is now practicing. So okay. it's such a wide group. A big.
1: Yeah. yeah. And And I say that there's all these different, you know, sections of millennials because um we're not as clear-cut as people would like to think as far as um you know our perception and, and the way we think of things um, it's a little bit different if you're looking at the leading edge or in the middle or at the end um kept kind of you know at different stages of life and think differently in that process
2: well and that's the way i look at it so i think i mentioned in our maiden voyage that i spend a lot of the time going around the country presenting on millennials so i do it in both well in hospitality commercial and residential real estate and in doing it everyone always says okay well if you're a 25 year old millennial you think like this and if you're a 30 year old millennial you think like this And I mentioned also that I'm from Cleveland. And so I think about a 25-year-old in Cleveland who thinks a lot differently than a 25-year-old in Newport Beach. And even within Newport Beach, you have millennials that think completely different and they can be the same age grape. So I don't ever define people by their age. I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think life stage, lifestyle. And then I also created a spectrum of kind of psychographics. Who are these people? Because if you talk about, I guess, Demetrius and I are, uh around 30 ish and we don't have kids but there are a lot of 30 year olds that have kids that want nothing the same as we do yeah it's very much about where are you in your life yeah versus
0: age yeah that's probably a better way to do it Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people that are my age which i'm at the higher side of the age range for that that are different stages like Mm -hmm. you put it you know some are finally getting into professional side of things Mm -hmm. not married don't have kids and Mm -hmm. here I am you know been doing what I've been doing I think for 13 or 14 years and married and you know tripping out because my son's going to be in the double digits this year you know towards the end of the year so it's like holy you know what happened so I think naturally the propensity is have a different view of things than than a lot of the the younger millennials would be or even the same millennials that are still you know single and
2: well that's it because there are millennials that so growing up in Cleveland I I was around a lot of Kids in my high school, maybe you guys were too, but they had kids at 18. And so there are a lot oh, of people that are your age, or sorry, that are had kids at 18, but live the same life stage as you. Gotcha. Married with kids, or maybe not yeah. married, but have kids. And yeah. so I I also talk about them in terms of like traditionalists and trailblazers, because you're going to have two, especially when you're talking about the home building industry, traditionalists are going to have a completely different preference, preference than someone who is a trailblazer, has been lifestyle sampling, wants to go to Ethiopia for a vacation versus our traditionalist who thinks Disneyland is the bee's knees. Which is nothing wrong with it. You know, it's just I prefer too... Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I do think you, Jason, would be more of a traditionalist. For sure. And I think Demetrius, I think you and I would probably be more trailblazer
1: Yeah. yeah I, I'll send I'm money still... to
0: Ethiopia, but I want to go vacation in Hawaii. You know
1: what I mean? <laughs> I'm still laughing off of the fact that you said the bee's knees. Yeah. <laughs> what?
2: You got an an old soul in a
0: lot of ways, man.
2: (laughs) No, I just used the other day with my husband, I used God's green acres. And he's like, who uses that phrase? I didn't know it wasn't (laughs) common.
1: You're a trailblazer, but your lingo is so traditional. (laughs)
2: Oh,
1: man, that's hilarious.
2: But yeah, the group I find, the Simon Sinek video that everyone likes to share, I hate that video. It makes my blood boil.
1: Yes. So for the longest time, I had a hard time uh, coming to terms with using the word millennials. I really hated it because there was such a stigma with Mm -hmm. millennials. Um, And I tried my hardest to use Generation Y for a (laughs) long time, but it wasn't, uh, it just kind of got overrun because everyone's just come to accept the term millennial. So I'm just rolling with it now. Jason, I know you had kind of Interesting thoughts about millennials. Even though you are one, <laughs> uh, y- you're you're on the leading edge, but y- you kind of think a certain way about millennials. Yeah,
0: you know what's funny is the reason I've never thought I was part for whatever reason. I always remember somebody saying it was like the 17 to 35 age range in the last couple of years, and you know I'm 36 now, so I was like, no, I'm outside of that, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like also we have a next gen group with our BIA, which you know we're a part of, and. I keep thinking, like, how long do I continue to be next-gen? Like I, like, I feel like I should be out of this. You know what I mean? So, I've, I've historically been pretty low on millennials. Um, I tend to believe... I, I tend to feel like I look at things a lot differently. So, I don't know if I necessarily identify as well with that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not there's been some things that have come out and challenged it. I I tend to struggle with the group because it seems like it's the the group of entitlement. Everybody's going to say, right. All millennials are entitled. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I see a lot of that. I I get a lot of that with interactions with associates, with other people. I, you know, I I had mentioned way back when a few episodes ago that I had an opportunity to coach college hockey. So at a pretty prestigious university, um, not necessarily for hockey, but for academics. And (laughs) a lot of those students would tell me what they planned on doing and how that was going to happen. And I'm going to graduate and make six figures. And just because I'm so smart, you know, basically. And cause they thought they were better than everyone and, and trying to get them to understand. It's like you have, like i realize you think you're so brilliant and maybe you are, I mean, I don't know, but you're going to come into an environment in which maybe somebody who's not as smart as you has been doing this work for 20 years. They're the expert. Yeah. Like your books don't mean anything at that point. You have to have the, you know, the application of the knowledge to it. And, but it was the expectation to come out and like the world's just going to unfold for you. Now I think, and this is where, you know, Allie and I tend to disagree on a lot of stuff, but I think I'm going to throw her for a bit of a loop because that's how I do feel about it. I'm like, they're entitled, they're entitled, they're entitled. If something doesn't work out right away, they flip and they just want to do something else because it wasn't meant to be. And I always feel like they're not, willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. So I had mentioned before, there's a podcast that I listened to. It's a gentleman by the name of Andy Frazella. He's the CEO of a a supplements company called first form, totally in your face, brash dude. And he has a completely different view on millennials. And we should talk about this a little bit because what he says, people think about it the way I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And he goes, it's a bunch of crap. He goes, because I have a, he says he has a company full of millennials and they kick ass all day long and yeah. this and that and the other. His point was, why are we so surprised that these millennials feel like they need instant gratification, give up so easily when all we've done is condition them mm-hmm. to hit, okay, Google or whatever it is and say, Hey, what's this? And boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You want to, you know, Chipotle burrito dial it up on your phone and they'll deliver it to you in fifteen minutes with, you know, DoorDash or whatever these things are. Yeah. And as I and as he's explaining this, I'm going, you know what? Maybe part of it is conditioned and maybe maybe I need to rethink a little bit of that. And I think it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, like I said, he's a pretty brash guy. So I think one of the things where he says, I hire a ton of millennials, the people that come to see him are not a bunch of wusses. Mm-hmm. They're not a bunch of baby people because of who he is as a personality and what his company's for and everything else. So I think that weeds out a lot of it to start. Sorry, Andy, not that you're listening to any of this, but I think that's part of it. Um, and that doesn't mean every millennial's that way, Yeah, but that's how I tend to view the group. We have a lot of team members that work with us that – they get in there and it's like, I want growth. I want growth. I want growth. Well, they don't really want growth because they're not doing the work. They want more money. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. That's okay to, to want more money and make more money. But you also have to learn that it's an investment. Like you have to put in the time to be able to do some of these things and get remunerated for it. Yeah. Because the people that are paying you, if you're doing a great job, they're going to want to remunerate you. Yeah. You know? And so I've been, I've seen a lot of that. Are you going to jump in on me? yeah well I'll, I'll stop
1: no so i i in preparation for this oh. i i kind of did you know i had this theory about um i was trying to figure out why are we so into the like button and i had this theory of uh the gold star that we used to get when we were kids in school sticker and sticker stars yeah, right? yeah, yeah yeah and how that translated to now you have this like button and how many likes can you get and as i dug more and more. I kind of stumbled upon this deeper theory um, and let me see what you guys think of this. Um, so we have this psychological kind of uh, mechanism that that's deeply rooted inside of us as humans um, for our, you know, rewards and, and status as cavemen. Yeah. As yeah. as cavemen, you cavemen and women, uh, you did people Take people, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you know, you you got food and shelter, and that was your status. And as you progress through time, just the Generation X and Boomers, uh, your status symbol was house the car. house car. Yeah. Um, those things are now unattainable for millennials. For the large, I would say, large portion of millennials, the um, house and the car. Yeah. Okay. So we're lacking you know, attainable rewards, uh, so we've kind of switched to, with the introduction of technology, we have this new status symbol. and you're, When you transform a reward into an actual physical trophy, uh, some, or not physical, but something that can be presented to other people, it amplifies that reward for you as a, as a human. Cause it's attainable. Some people can see it and, and sure, place you on that level of status. Um, so we have this attraction to that status. And for us, the attainable status is happiness and experience. So when you go to work, if you're not happy with that work, for whatever reason it may be, and then going back to your instant gratification, uh, you don't really have the patience. Uh, to, to kind of wait around and, and see if that happiness is going to occur. So you you have a sort of a short stem and you, you want to go and chase that happiness because on Facebook and Instagram, you have to present that happiness. You have to have experiences that other people see that you're happy and you want to present that because that's your status symbol. That's all the likes, all the followers. That kind of elevates you uh, mentally. So I think that's why people have short stems of their work experience or, or environment um, where they they live they want to travel more nowadays I think that's sort of where that's rooted and that's kind of my theory
2: well I think part of the reason Millennials can't or have chosen not to become homeowners is because of the experiences over things. So while I think that incomes, well, I know that incomes are up 10% over the past five years and home prices nationally are up 40% over the past five years, I also know that more people are traveling and yeah. spending their disposable income in different ways versus owning a home. And mm-hmm. so I think the experiences goes back to your idea of happiness and you wanna be, you're cultured and you're, you're well-traveled and yeah. you know all these different yeah. things. But to Jason's point, when you were talking, I was taking notes feverishly because (laughs) there are so many things I need to address on that.
0: Allie has been waiting for this episode for a while because I feel like she's just going to jump on anything. She's she's our resident expert. Chomping at the bit. Our
1: resident expert, if you haven't gotten that yet. So we will unleash Allie on Jason. The
2: the terrible thing to me is when we started the show, I guess we would have started it what, like two or three months ago? Yeah. I think Jason and I were on completely different sides. And I think somehow over the past three months, I've become like the negative one. And he's become the no, millennials feed it all. Go are great. For it. This is great. <laughs> so... One, I think that the reason people expect 100000 is not because they're so great and they think they should get out of a job and they're going to get that money. I think it's because of headlines. And headlines are so misleading on so many different levels that all millennials want avocado toast and all these different things. But I think
3: <laughs> millennials
2: read that you can go to Silicon Valley and make 100000 And what they don't realize is you can't afford a house. You can't afford crap on 100000 in the Bay Area. but. Right. That makes the headlines and that makes you think, oh, well, you know, I have this unique talent because I'm so tech savvy and I can go into the world and I have this talent that other people don't have. So I'm not sure it's necessarily their fault that they think that. And I don't think that they're entitled from that. But on that note, I've gone through each of the generations and I've looked at the generation versus their parents and what were they called from Mm -hmm. their parents. Every single generation entitled. Yeah. And so it drives me nuts when we're like, "Oh, we're the entitled generation." It's like, yeah, but it was the entitled, generation. Was the entitled generation, yeah, before. And so everyone always has this thing on their back about the young people and their. Well,
0: but but I think if you were to look, I guess here's where the struggle is, and even in Demetrius and what you were saying, you know, well, we can't attain these things. We can't attain, you know, is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. That's bull crap. Like oh. to to me, I mean, honestly, get your get to work. You know what I mean? Figure out a different way to do things. Put in the longer hours. You know what I mean? I, I've still had people come in and going, well, you know, what do you, how do you feel about work-life balance? Screw yourself. Like there's no work-life balance. There's life. Balance that however the hell you want to, but it's not our responsibility as an employer to balance your life for you. Just so we're clear, you're getting a paycheck yeah. to come and work your butt off. Like that's the whole point of this. So still uh, two weeks ago, Somebody asked me that question.
2: You should see both of our faces, and, it's Beatrice and, and I. <laughs>
0: but but I don't it and I don't
1: know I think the issue that I have with that is um, generally companies to an extent overwork employees nowadays. Mm-hmm.
0: There's And ho- oh, Okay, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Uh
1: companies generally overwork their employees nowadays and when I say overwork I mean not that you just have to stay late but it's the fact that there is a general hesitation not to anyone's particular fault because we have come off of this uh recent downturn and um, everybody's still kind of gun shy but um you take on a lot more of a general workload than people uh you know feel that they should and there is a sense of you know there's there's more one of the things that i think um I feel bad for millennials is or for us is that we have so much information and access to information and knowledge now and you see all the things that are going on in the world and and you have this sort of um understanding of value and what what are you willing to to work for what are you willing to pay to get that house for um when i say it's not attainable i don't mean just strictly can i you know pinch pennies to buy that house sure. but it's what is the value of that house um, do I really want to pinch pennies and spend this money for a house that is overvalued and is not really what I'm looking for just so I can have a house do I want to work all of these hours just to make a salary that's you know okay um, when I can you know go to a different job and either get more money or have a better schedule where I can travel and I can have some freedom. Um, so there, there's a, a calculation of, of value that I'm, that I'm thinking of when I say you know, attainability and, and the idea of sure. work-life balance. Um, it's not strictly, I don't want to work for that money sort of deal. It's, it's why do I need to kill myself? What am, I, what am I trying to get out of this? Well, I think that and comes down to I mean, your
0: basic values. If I understand that, like what, what do you really value most? So there's a couple of things, right? I mean, I've had opportunities in my career to do different things, but I didn't want to take some of them because I value being with my kids and my wife and not traveling and being available. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, you could say I'm probably retarding some of my abilities for, I'm throwing up air quotes here, growth, Mm -hmm. which is what everybody says, but Mm -hmm. financial growth with some of these other companies because I probably could be doing much different things in a much different situation, but I have to travel and be away from my family. And that's not something that I'm willing to give up. I don't value that amount of money that much to where I would do that. Mm -hmm. I value something differently with my family or, or whatever. Right. And that's my point. Like you have one life. And so how you determine to balance that on yourself, like you look, there's a lot of places where you can go have wonderful flex time. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's great. You know what I mean? Or you're an outside sales guy and you do whatever you want to do and you make as much money as you want or not and don't do anything. But the, the pay will be commensurate with those types of things, right? But no. No?
2: No. And so this is what – when you were saying that, I was thinking about all of my friends that have – they were raised to follow their passions. So go into whatever you love because you'll make it work whatever it is. And okay. I have so much respect for social workers. And they can work 60 hours a week, but they're never going to make – 200,000 same with a psychologist same with a police officer in the bay area who has to be a mega commuter and drive two hours each direction and so i think there's an extent that hard work pays off and there's an extent that you picked a field that hard work is not going to get you past a certain i I, I think that's
0: fair to a certain like i I understand what you're saying yeah but i also think like you take the police officers and everybody else if they put in the time and they maybe get the different degrees and stuff like that they can move up through the ranks and what they're doing i don't know
2: but they get the degrees, and they take on more debt, and then when they have more debt. They have more monthly potentially. But at some point,
0: make. if you become the captain and then the chief and all that, does it pay off? Does it not? But I'm it's not...
2: one captain for 50, fifty. I don't know commanders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever, whoever okay. the next. That's right. but if
0: you think about that, that's yeah. not bad odds. <sighs> overall, in the like overall in a work environment, how many of you worked for companies where there's a couple hundred people there? Sure. So one out of fifty sounds pretty good.
2: I feel like this episode, all I've done is sigh.
0: Yeah. You're just going to listen
2: to it. And it's just going to be so many no, deep I, sighs. I,
0: I, but I think what I'm stuck on, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying this is the general rule for everything, but I feel like a lot of the hard work, like a lot of people that are willing to just like go in there and do what they're supposed to do and then be willing to look at things and explode them and not just stamp things has gone by the wayside.
1: But that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the access to information, uh, keeping up with the Joneses and that status of happiness. I think people look at the, their, their, their circle of people that are traveling and and doing things that they enjoy, uh, at a fault because, you know, we're looking at each other's highlight reels.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: but I think people compare themselves to others and they, they have that short stem of, am I really happy with this? They look at their boss, uh, you know, twenty years down the line, is that what I want? Um, and and you start to look at these things a little bit differently because you have so much access to information and comparisons. Previous generations didn't have that. They had, you know, their immediate circles. When you were told to do something, it made sense because there was a light at the end of the tunnel. You were going to buy that house. You were going to buy that car, um, and and that's kind of the way that society was, and that's how you were held on that status ladder. But now those things aren't status symbols, um, whether they just aren't status symbols or we truly can't attain them, and it's translated translated into uh, the experience and the happiness thing. Um, so I think I think there's there's a lot to consider when you look at what millennials are and and how they approach or what they value or what they look at as hard work and if it's worth it <laughs> sort of. I, I can keep going, so go ahead, Allie.
2: Oh, no. I want to take it a completely. I want to go lighthearted because okay. I feel like this has gotten really serious, and I need to tell you about a millennial I met this weekend. Okay. So, husband and I went out to a vegan restaurant on Saturday, and...
0: If that's not millennial, by the way, I don't know <laughs> what is.
2: We're sitting next to and a I bought
0: dinner for everybody tonight and of course Allie ordered a vegan burrito oh and I'm like this makes no sense whatsoever. It
2: makes sense and it was fantastic. I saw
1: this video where they said I'm a vegan because I'm not an animal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have canines for a reason people. I'm just telling you right now.
2: All right, so we go out and there is a a 26-year-old millennial it turns out and his mom his mom's like 55. And so we're sitting there. The millennial entire time is sitting on his phone, is just looking, talking on the phone. We would say something. He looked up. He goes, that's donk. And then goes back to his phone and goes back. So I'm in the car with my husband. I'm like, what the heck does that's donk mean? And he was like, do you know what it is? No. No. Do you know what it is? No way. Okay. So turns out that's donk is short for that's ridonkulous,
3: which (laughs) is short for,
2: that's That's ridiculous. ridiculous. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm so disconnected. You know, we talk about all these like professional millennials that are working their tails off and and doing all of that. And then you just meet this guy who I don't know what app he's on, maybe on Snapchat half the time and not listening to us, but enough to speak his own language. So there's such a, it's so funny how, how wide and diverse and different each of these millennials can be.
1: Yeah in that sense, millennials are the worst. (laughs) I I mean,
0: I think you could talk like we're obviously it's personal frustration, right? And I feel like I'm fighting a lot of these things for my kids. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I tend to be almost grateful that there's people acting in the manners that I was referring to that aren't putting in the work and are, are maybe looking at the wrong things or focusing on the wrong things because hopefully, I'm training my kids to be the ones that work their butts off you know what I mean and are are willing to do what it takes to see success and one of the best ways i think you can do that I mean my you know I, I coach my my son's youth and in, in uh, hockey and soccer teams and he had a bad game you know a couple of weeks ago and he wasn't doing the workouts that he had been doing every morning like mm-hmm. on his own you know his balancing drills his strength drills all that type of stuff and he'd performed poorly yeah and even towards the end of the game when they weren't winning he's like kind of crying and you know he basically says i don't like to lose i don't want to lose and it was an opportunity at that point to look at my son and say okay i want you to remember that feeling like you're losing you don't like losing right no i don't like losing okay well how did those workouts go for you the last couple weeks Hmm. yeah well i didn't do them Hmm. well what are you expecting You know what I mean? And, and it's a hard lesson that at nine years old, I mean, it sounds brutal, right? Nine my year old. parents
2: were not that strict to me. It
0: sounds, well, I, I, and I'm not, I'm, but I'm not punishing him. I'm not saying it's something you do, but I want him to understand cause and effect. Yeah. It's like, if you're willing to put in the work and he's, he's been, he's, he's done very, very well for himself. If you're willing to put in the work, you will succeed. You will see the success. Yeah. When you're not willing to put in the work, you're not going to get the result you're hoping for. Yeah. And that's where I feel like a lot of these people are. It's like pie in the sky like I'm dreaming of these things. Like that's bull crap. What are you doing to attain it? And, and I almost feel like we're dropping. I've seen people drop their, now everybody wants a tiny house. Yeah. You don't really want a tiny house.
2: They don't want a tiny you house. You don't want a
0: tiny house. Nobody wants a tiny house. Yeah. You're settling for a tiny house. Yes. Settling and complacency is like the death of innovation and everything else it truly is. And look, if you want a tiny house, it's fine. I don't care. You know, but for the most part, that's not, that's not what people want. How many, how many market studies are we a part of where it says this is what millennials want? The truth of the matter is the millennial wants the single family home with mm-hmm. the yard and the, you know, the, the 2.3 kids and the 1.2 dogs or whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that, that we measure these things in, but it's just difficult for us to do it potentially in the areas we live in. Now, here's, mm-hmm. here's the thought behind that. And I remember this with my parents. In order for them to purchase their first house, they had to move. That was, oh, I don't remember when that was. I don't remember what the years were for that. But we have a lot of people now that are unwilling to move, that are unwilling to leave mom and dad. I mean, let's be realistic. I'm not saying out of the house, but like they don't want to, if you grew up in Irvine, you're not leaving Irvine.
1: That parent doesn't want you to leave either. They
0: don't want you to leave either. Yeah. True. But you know what I'm saying? Like they're not, people aren't packing up and moving out like, like my parents did. Yeah, And I know a lot of my friends' parents did the same thing as well. Attainable
2: housing is not going to get solved by switching markets, though. I will say I go across. So I was in Orlando. And I don't know if I've already told this story. I was in Orlando. And I was talking about when mortgage rates go up 50 basis points, what that does to a, a monthly payment of a mortgage. And when I do it here, I say, okay, 50 right. basis points goes up. It was either 50 or 100 basis points goes up by $800 a month. And I'm like, that's really hard. Like, yeah. That's going to change the equation for someone. I'm in Orlando giving the same presentation. I say, hey. 50 basis points, changes your payment, $50. Woohoo, like that's nothing. You guys are going to be able to handle this. Right. The guy says, no. If I add a cable bill to my people here, they no longer can qualify for a home. And so it's all relative. I don't think that it's that easy as I'm going to move to Orlando. If you keep the same salary and move to Orlando, yes. But if you're, even in Columbus, if you go looking there now, bidding wars are driving prices up 25000 on a base price of 200000 These markets are not... I don't think it's that easy we'll, anymore. We'll check
0: this out though, real quickly. Well, obviously, we're in Southern California, yeah. So let's take that as a as a decent, piece. medium price of a house in Orange County, single family home. Uh, roughly. well,
2: Irvine will be a million.
0: Okay, okay, a million bucks. So <laughs> if if you live in that's rough. So you live in Irvine, it's a million bucks. What if you go to Moreno Valley or San Jacinto or not Temecula because that's like the Orange County of the Inland Empire, right? So
2: that goes back to your discussion of life. So sure. you want to move out somewhere, but then you have an hour commute. And then it's like, well, shoot, there goes two hours of my life and yeah. I'm already working long hours and this right. already stinks. And so. Right.
0: But all I'm, all I'm saying is here. So here's, so here's what I remember the other generations doing. They moved out, went further down the skirts than whatever was overly developed mm-hmm. because now there's no land left. So it's expensive. You go to the outskirts, you, you build that up there, you build your life up there. And then a lot of them ultimately were able to end up moving back or somewhat closer to where they originally were,
2: but I'm not sure we're going to see that. One of the guys I work out with at the gym, he's 70 years old, and so we like <laughs> to share financial stories and, and success stories. He bought a house in the Bay Area, kind of yeah. similar to you. It wasn't developed when he bought the home. He bought right. it for 200,000 back then, which is awesome. Was, yeah, yeah, just sold it for two million. Yeah. that kind of wealth accumulation, that kind happen. of mobility, is not going to happen again. But that's isn't.
0: not true because so, let's so try this. He was 70 years old. how how, how old was he when he bought that house?
2: i haven't asked any idea the- but it's
0: probably a, a large amount of years is my guess yes mm-hmm. it didn't happen within five to ten years yeah no way right so if you if you bought a house in temecula five to ten years ago ten years ago and you were selling it now you'd make a pretty good amount of money living in temecula
2: you have to go longer than 10 years ago they're just recovering their values well, okay from-
0: because of the downturn yes, so i exactly. think so I, okay so take that piece out yeah but if you had appreciation over that 10 years you'd probably be doing pretty well in temecula right now
2: yeah but you had to live ten years. in not, okay, there's yeah, nothing yeah. against Temecula, sorry. But yeah. if you worked in Orange County and you lived in Temecula, you'd have to make those sacrifices for that whole Agreed.
0: time. Or you just lived in Temecula. My point is, though, is that all of the development started coming that way, and now it's a really well-developed area. People desire to live there. You know what I mean? It's one of those cities, maybe not Orange County to Temecula, mm-hmm. but a lot of Orange County individuals, if they had to move to the Inland Empire for work, they'd love to be in Temecula. Mm-hmm. It's the next desirable spot. I mean, mm-hmm. I see it with the, the sales price of homes that we, we work on in those areas. It's... It's the upper part of that area. So, okay, 15 years later, 20 years later, you're going to make a bunch of money.
2: It's luck of the draw, though. I won't say the name of the city because I just think that would be mean, but I was talking to the same gentleman, and I was like, oh, I'm thinking about buying in this city. And he's like, I have lived in my Orange County my entire life. If you would have made your bet on City X, it would have never appreciated to the point of 200000 to $2 million. So I think it totally also, it's not a guaranteed... Home prices don't go up forever. Yeah, and-
0: no, totally. get I'm not expecting something yeah. to go up a hundredfold, but the idea is, you know, you look at that, that was also due to other tech stuff that started there and it became a Mecca yes. really is yep. what happened. But when you look at the overall appreciation in 10 to 15 years of decent growth, you can make a really good amount of money, which is what most of our parents saw living in these areas. That's yeah. what, that's what they were able to, to work off of, but Again, my point is they moved out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't grow up and my parents grew up in the Valley. They didn't just stay in the Valley. They couldn't afford to live in the Valley. So they actually moved in Vegas where I was born. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. once they got back from Vegas, they moved to like Pomona or Diamond Bar or Phillips Ranch or something, which was outskirts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now if they would have kept that house, it'd be worth, you know, 10 times what it was worth before. That's crazy. So that's a lot of money. And they did the same thing with the house that they lived in here. They made a ton of money off those houses because it, it grew. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, again,
1: it's, it's a value thing to me. Mm-hmm. And I think what, um, what, what do millennials value? Uh, and I think they value their time and experience more yes. than the sacrifices that they have to make to get some of these other things that previous generations did. But before we get out of here, cause we're kind of running a little long. Um I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about how millennials are affecting space and um you know how things are changing to accommodate millennials and we talked briefly about, you know, the tiny home uh on the housing side, uh which we were not uh enthusiastic about in the room. <laughs> uh but other so things <laughs> but other things that that are going on, um in LA is a small lot ordinance. Yeah. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. So that's kind of trickling out and into other counties like Orange County, Coast I believe. Mesa. Um, what was that? Yeah, yeah. Costa Mesa. Mesa. Yeah, Costa Mesa. I think Santa Ana is doing something similar. Um, so it's it's the concept of basically higher density uh, homes are you know I think five feet on the high end down all the way to about ten inches apart in yeah. some cases. Um, but they're technically single family dwelling units, um, right. detached units. And, and that's a, a big deal legally. If you can buy a home that's, uh, called single family detached. Um, so that's, that's a new concept that's kind of starting to make, make way out. Um, another thing about value is why don't we, why don't cities kind of start to allow, um, you know, how we, we're, we're, kind of going towards a, a shared economy and, and Millennials are really um, into that shared economy, like Uber um, and Airbnb. So why aren't cities, well, let me say, cities are very against, a lot of cities are against allowing your home to be rented out, a space in your home be rented out to have people um, to get an income off of your house. And that's part of that value is, what is my home doing for me? outside of me making payments and having to clean
2: it and there's Uh, a new mandate in california if you guys saw that came out i don't know if it was passed or how it how it became to be but now cities no longer have to get approval for you to use a second home income towards your ability to qualify for a mortgage and so that's a total change so they are actually starting to change yes exactly realizing that affordability is that like 11 percent in orange county yeah what can you do okay well finally we can have a second room and if you rent that out and you get a thousand dollars a month now you can all of a sudden qualify for a home when you couldn't have done that before you would have needed a raise to do that yeah so whether that's good or bad i don't know because i also think that changes neighborhood dynamics a yeah. bit so i'm a you know
1: what is it the the nimby's yeah um so yep. it, i mean that's that's something that needs to i think be can strongly considered um we went on to like office spaces Uh, we talked a little bit about that pendulum swing of uh doing the open office and everybody wanted this kind of cool um zappos type setting to attract millennials and that pendulum's kind of swinging back a little bit people realize that didn't necessarily work but on top of that they're doing the um, more communal spaces um and the shared office so uh i think we're I don't know. I can't remember the numbers as far as entrepreneurs and amongst millennials, but um, they're starting, they're starting to capitalize on that, having the shared office. So it's a general space and everybody uses, you know, one small space and then uses all the amenities of don't, that. Office. Don't take
0: this the wrong way. Cause yeah. you, I know you just went out this direction, but like entrepreneurs, like the new buzzword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody talks about being an entrepreneur or whatever, you know, And I don't think all of them really understand what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, I look, I'm not an entrepreneur. I have an entrepreneurial mind in, in, in what I get to do with the companies that I work with. But I'm, I, I would never say I'm an entrepreneur because I don't want the, the, the worry about paying additional associates, you know, and and, and that type of stuff. The funny thing I think about when, when we talk about millennials and shared space amongst offices, like they're on their phone the whole time. (laughs) Why do you need shared space? Why do you need communal space? They're not going to use it. They don't talk to each other. Yeah. I'm not trying to be rude. Like you can sit at the table. You kind of mentioned it before that kid's sitting with his mom and she's probably buying dinner too, by the way. Right. <laughs> and he's like not even conversing with her. And I know I'm guilty just like Allie is right now of texting, you know, while we're talking or whatever. I'm sure she's not texting Checking but... emails.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But like why we have, we, so in the office that we just built in, in the prisoner company, uh he did a phenomenal job like in his vision of what he wanted the new offices to look like you guys haven't been there you need to come by mm-hmm. but you'd really enjoy it so it's really cool there's a lot of open space there's a lot of communal space they don't get used yeah they, they don't because every because what happens is you go at lunchtime or whatever your break is and that's the other thing how many freaking breaks do we really need in a day but Two,
1: your
2: apple watch tells you to breathe and stand up
0: i turn those <laughs> off <laughs> of
3: course you do <laughs> <laughs> i did i turned them off i'm like don't tell me They're, what to do like, this is ridiculous
0: but they they want to leave for lunch they don't want to be around the office that much you no. know are Maybe you talking the- millennials
2: yeah we no one in my office leaves for lunch really we'll all sit and work through lunch
0: oh well okay that's different but i'm saying like if somebody's gonna actually take a break or take a lunch
1: like as far as the communal space yeah being used, they don't use yeah. it
0: Like, they don't... They'll sit in there or we've got multiple tables and it's, like, one person at, like, each table. Yeah. Like, for the most part, they don't sit in converters. So it's kind of funny. It's like, what's the point of these things? No,
2: I think you have a weird... And I think that's... That's my favorite thing about millennials is it's all about frame of reference. So it's who is your inner circle? Who are the people that you work with? Who are your friends? Who is... You know, who are your...
3: Who'd you go to school with?
2: Yeah. And so you always think like, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty as much as the next person is, Oh, well, all millennials do this or all millennials think this, or, Oh, all millennials aren't going to use this communal space. And then you go to a different office, either a different city or just down the I street. I think it's culture based for the company. Yeah, totally. And you'll find someone who's working and eating lunch and collaborating. And, and yeah.
1: Cause I've also noticed, um, you know, people that are, uh, so, I hate to sound bad, but sort of at the lower end of the totem pole, um, both in income and responsibilities, um, will generally hang out in those communal spaces, um, and they're not out spending money on fast food and restaurants and whatnot, or they don't have they don't deal with clients to the point where they need to just get away from everything and just be by themselves. Um, so I think. Sense th- a little angst in that last
0: comment, Did you Ali. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I think there is a little bit of difference as far as uh, where you are in your career as well, um, as far as how you use those spaces. But with the shared office, um, I'm not speaking of those type of communal spaces, I mean right. uh, shared amenities more. Right, uh, right, so right, like right. a shared conference room, a shared Agreed. Uh, front desk, and whatnot. And I think Larry mentioned it yeah. as well yeah. as uh, because of techno- uh, technological advancements, all of our equipment's getting a lot smaller. Um so the footprint per person is getting a lot smaller and we don't need as much space. In addition, uh stats uh studies actually show or estimate that up to fifty percent of the workforce by twenty twenty will be working remotely. So um I Which, think
2: w- sorry, did you say who that study was from?
1: Uh I didn't write it down. I'll have That's to pull that. That
2: one's yeah. so fascinating because you read articles that say that and then you read articles that say no one's going to be working from home in five years yeah. because everyone saw how bad it worked out.
0: Yeah. See, I, I tend to be on that side of the equation. Really? Like we've, I'll use myself. I mean, even at times where I needed to do something that I don't work from home, you know, I, I'm expected at the office unless I'm at meetings or in the field or whatever. So I don't, I don't work from home. I don't have a home office in that regard, mm-hmm. but I take work home with me. Right. So going back to hard work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I guess unless the kids and my wife were all gone, and I'm not saying it's bad that they're there, but they, you're, you're there, so mm-hmm. probably, i not take this wrong, maybe even like the cats or the dogs, like you were kind yeah. of mentioning before, right? Yeah. It's not the same as being able to go away. You're not nearly as productive as you think you could be mm-hmm. unless you're actually in an office environment, and I think your mind, oh, you're going to jump on me here. I think your mind kind of gravitates that way as well. You get into a different mode when you're at the office, as opposed to being at, at home.
2: But you have an office. That's the difference. You actually have four walls where you can close your door if you wanted to and get things done and put your head down. Well, that's fine. But you still have walls that are surrounding you that you're not listening to someone make the doctors, you know, Larry had talked about making the doctor's appointment or calling about this or getting your oil changed or just talking to a salesperson or talking to a client or whatever it is. When you have an open floor plan, I don't think you're as productive as, you're jumping to because I don't think you're on you're in the pit with everyone that's talking and hustling and how was your diet and what are you doing today and yeah. how was your weekend and how was the Super Bowl and <laughs> Yeah, right. There's a lot of things that I think are far more distracting in the office than being at home.
0: Okay. I guess it goes back to just being that space in general. Yeah. What it looks like per company, right? Yeah. Culture wise. Yeah.
1: yeah, it depends on the person as yeah. well. Yep. Um, and then the last I'll thing I wanted to mention <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention is the retail Retail is drastically changing with... Uh, it's not necessarily specific to millennials or because of millennials, but technological advancements. Uh, everybody's ordering things online. Yeah, so. I was like, what's retail? Yeah. Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> so the retail footprint is reducing significantly and they're switching to uh, more of an experience-based kind of setting. So all these malls are getting carved up and turning into an open kind of mall where you can walk around and get some sun and, you know, see the little
0: carts and Ferris wheel in the middle. And you I think, know I think I went into I'm a big fan of Oakley. I've always loved Oakley for a long time. Uh,
1: sunglasses.
0: Sunglasses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So i like their watches. I mean, I just, I've, I've always been a big fan of the quality of their stuff. And I think I recently went into one of their, like I have to go every time I run, like I walk by a store. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I want to go in there. And it was highly experience based, like the amount of product that was actually in there was very minimal. Yeah. And it was like, if you wanted something, it's like literally like, I think it was like iPads or whatever the deal was, like you would just do it and then they'd ship it to your door. Yeah. Like, and and I love it honestly, from a, from a uh, goods standpoint, because then you don't have to inventory as much and, you know, on site and have the people there to do that and all the other things that come along with merchandising and and everything else. So I think it's actually a pretty neat concept because now it would fly. Like I, I personally still like walking in somewhere and grabbing something physically and walking out. Like I just, you know, if I want to buy something, I want to, you know, That piece of it? Instant gratification. What's that?
2: Instant gratification. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's
0: really just more so impatience. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know if I need the instant gratification, but it's like all of a sudden I'm thinking this is what I want and I want to go get it. I don't want to wait for it. I want that, but it's more so impatience for me. Mm -hmm. But I think you can get away with that type of experience now because everybody's so used to just ordering from home. Yeah. So even if you're out and looking about, you can kind of see the product and whatever. Oh, you need the size or you want this color. We'll just send it to you. You know, and it's, and it's become just the norm, which, yeah. I, you know, I don't mind that either because I think, I think my wife this year bought everything for Christmas online, <laughs> Yeah, you know, with, with, for the vast majority. And I guess that's really just going to be the way it is, I guess.
2: And well, my favorite quote is a, the developer of Santana Row, which is kind of that experience based outdoor retail that you were talking about. He said, online is not the death of malls. It's boredom. And so how do you get someone there? He does not think retail's dead. He thinks that, again, I'm all about like headlines are always like, oh, everything's horrible. Malls are going away. The outside mall is not going to work everywhere in the country. You go to Pittsburgh and sure. you're <laughs> freezing <laughs> half of the year and yeah. you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but I do think, and he thinks that people are still going to want the tangible goods. I still buy a lot of my items. I use Amazon probably supplemental to also going to the shops. But part of the shops is like Saturday afternoon, I want to get with my girlfriends and go, have an experience go get our i don't know nails done and go buy something (laughs) but that's still you're not going to replace that with amazon amazon's going to help me when i need hairball remedy for my cat and i want it tomorrow (laughs) yeah while i'm at work so i'm not sure it's completely dead but i do think the traditional boring mall where you walk in the footprint's going to shrink or it's going to evolve
0: we're taking this because i still have one thing i want to address with the whole millennial concept. And he's like, okay. we need to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: last, last comment.
0: All right. So real quick, the thing that, that kills me and I just dealt with it a little bit more today is there, there's some younger individuals at the office that have started within the last three to six months. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly coming in and saying, you know, I want more growth. I want more growth. I want more growth. And one of the individuals, I won't say male or female came and asked me today, like, Hey, I want to, you know, I want more growth. What can I do next? Right. And I said, well, Why don't you explain to me what you do now from A to Z, and we'll see if you're ready for more growth. And couldn't even come close.
1: Come close to explaining explaining what
0: their actual job description is now and what they're supposed to be doing. Like like the steps they go through to accomplish all the work they have and what that means along the way and how it affects these different pieces. Couldn't even explain that, but is ready for more growth.
2: So how do you think their manager has done in... Th- the I'm not yes. the direct manager. Okay, I'm not the direct <laughs> manager. Throw under Dude, the bus fair there. question. <laughs> that's
1: yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, because uh, I've seen the experience of you know trying to get more growth and find out what will it take to get there. Yeah, and no one can tell you either what you're supposed to be doing and what that next step is. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. I, I mean, I would like. I would like to kind of tell what we do a little bit i yeah. think we're pretty good at explaining to people exactly what their role is and what the expectation is mm-hmm. we work very hard at that so that way there's minimal miscommunication growth is the term for money people don't want growth this, this and this is where this conversation went mm-hmm. they don't really want no yeah. hold on hang on hang <laughs> we're on we're totally going to disagree <laughs> with this you. doesn't go for no, no no this doesn't go for every single situation either way right yeah. They're like, I want more growth. I want more growth. Really, what they're saying is, I understand all I can do is get more responsibility to make more money. But really, what it is is, I want to just make more money.
3: Okay.
0: That's that's like the driver for it. There are a few people that really just like the experience, want to learn more and more and more. But they've already shown a desire and an ability to learn their job really well in a quick amount of time. And and what they do is they start saying, I want to learn this. Mm-hmm. I want to do this because they've taken the time to actually study what that next path because you can see it in any company like where those paths go if you really pay attention and i've seen it in multiple different companies what that next step most likely should be mm-hmm. if you understand what you're doing in that space as mm-hmm. it is because this is what affects this and if i learn that next thing and i learn that and how these interrelate and i make that better then the next step would then be this like you can do that uh, you don't uh, think so
2: your company's uh, very structured i i
0: oh I, highly structured I, highly <laughs> structured
1: i i agree i mean what you're saying makes sense but at the same time, you do run into companies where it's more time based, how long you've been with that company mm-hmm. rather than uh, merit based. So, uh,
0: you mean that's how you get compensated is on time? Yeah. That's yeah. just stupid. It your, your, your,
1: well, your goes growth, back to culture. Your growth in position and your growth in um, um, uh, salary or, or whatever the case may be, growth is sort of how long have you been here.
2: Yeah, and a lot of publicly traded companies they have grades, so it's like, oh, you can't move more than two grades or three grades, and so yeah. that's going to hold you back because just every time you have to do a little step, even if merit based, you're the smartest person with insatiable. Give yeah, that, knowledge. but that's
0: crazy, and I think, and
1: and then, sorry to cut you off. And it. then there's that comparison of you know someone that's been here longer than you, you can't overtake them. But financially or move in move position.
0: But you need to move company because that's that's ridiculous. I mean, truly, and I'm not trying to be rude for whatever it is or knock what people are doing, but if, if, if our group, since we're part of millennials, if you're trying to move on, if you run into something like that and it's, and you're being truly honest with yourself yeah, that you really know the subject matter inside and out better than another person, you're able to handle conflict better than that other individual and you really could outperform them. Yeah. Truly. Not what mom says, but truly <laughs> outperform them. Yeah then you need to go somewhere else and that's the sign right then and there to say, I've, I've, I've hit my bump stop here. I'm truly not going to be able to get any further because of outside limiting factors, go find a similar business somewhere else where you can apply that same knowledge and move that growth. Because ultimately if you're going to go hired by a new company and they're going to see that you really have all this knowledge, that's worth something. Yeah. So they will be willing to pay you for those things. Yeah. And that's what it is. It should all be performed. That's why everybody shouldn't get a trophy. <laughs> but truthfully, that's what it is. It's performance based. Yeah. And if you hit, and I know that exists. I know people run into it where they're just not, they're going to hit a ceiling because somebody has been there forever. Yeah, That's the end of that company. Yeah, Like truly, like that's the beginning of the end. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I do agree. it's, yeah. it's, you know what I'm saying? So I, I believe that exists. Then go like, Go do something. Yeah. Go do something else. Start Go your own move. business. What's that? <laughs> Start your own business. Yeah. I mean, truly, that's what's going on, right? And so even those individuals where they don't have that and they're able to keep moving because they're performing, that's how it should be. Yeah. And if you're making a company more money, they're going to want to pay you more. So you do it again and again and again. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You know, and I just, it, it it's one of those things that really bites at me because I see it when we're training our little kids and I see it when we're training teenagers. You know what I mean? It's like, look, if you want the playing time, if you want, you know, if you want to make more money, what are you doing? Out hustle that kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mowing the lawn with a push cart. Go get an electric one and freaking do three times as many. <laughs>
2: so now, what Demetrius will do is put some auto music behind this, and we'll be the number one YouTube motivation video. <laughs> we
0: shouldn't be, but you know what? You know what, You know one of my favorite times of year is right now. You know why? It's Girl Scout cookie time, right? Because yeah. I love Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. But what's been really cool is I've seen several of these gals going to smart places and like selling out to these individuals and I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. Because they're out there working it. It's like strategic planning. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's some of the greatest like I saw one guy outside of a gym, killing it. <laughs> Absolutely killing it outside of a gym. I felt so bad for the people I were walking out to. Because you know you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And then you see and everybody likes Girl Scout mm-hmm. cookies, yeah. right? There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're just kinda like the it's like the angel and the devil on the yeah. shoulder, right? But she was killing it. That's the smart parent, though.
2: That's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what,
1: good bu- for that parent.
0: A business parent. Good for that parent. Yeah. So then that kid's going to grow up understanding that. Yeah. That's awesome to see. All right, okay,
1: so. got to put the leash back on
2: your heart. There's a lot of blood boiling in this yeah, conversation Yeah, I'm like sweating today. over It's here getting hot in this room. Okay,
1: uh, so let's kind of wrap this up. And I wanted to, uh, we have another letter. Um, so do some listener mail. <laughs> random sound (laughs) I'm trying out a few things uh so this came in great job listen to the first two I'm in the education market and from time to time my team works with architects for space planning and collaboration of new schools we deal with the furnishing after the job is complete but great to get the lingo and issues of your field keep it up and this is from Michael short and sweet
2: thanks Michael thanks for listening
1: so if you want to uh, send us an email, we encourage you to do so, uh, whether it's a love or or hate email. We're uh, we'll we'll read it. We'll figure out how to read it, <laughs> and you can do that by sending it to hello at spacespodcast.com. And in the meantime, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com/spacespodcast, on Twitter at spacespodcast. On Instagram, at Podcasts, Snapchat. We haven't sent out a video yet, but we got to get on that for Snapchat. <laughs> I'm not even on no, Snapchat. No, me neither.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and then we're on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash company slash spaces dash podcasts. And uh, I think that's pretty much it as far as the ways that you can contact us. So we know there's tons of podcast option, options out there. And we really appreciate you guys spending some time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and like it. Uh, Millennials love you to rate and like things. And share this with your friend. Uh, Your support is the only way that this podcast grows. And if you happen to stumble upon us uh, today, please subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And don't forget to check out spacespodcast.com. Under the Listen tab, you'll see a lot of photos and and notes about the show on things that we discussed today and each episode. And with all that said, if you're catching up, hit Next. Or if you're listening to these as we put them out, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks.